Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, hey, Fatty coming back to the BK. Hey, Fatty coming back to the BK. There's going to be problems for the Boston Celtics this year. I'm telling you. There's going to be problems for the Boston Celtics. And Durant really struggling against this Boston defense. And the Boston Celtics complete the four-game sweep of the Brooklyn Nets. We know how to lock Patty ass up. Welcome to the Celtics Reddit Podcast. Ben Vallis here. Thank you for joining us. Hope you're doing well. I bet you're doing pretty well because, guys, it's a sweep. The Celtics defeat a two-headed foe in the Brooklyn Nets and NBA referee Scott Foster. Celtics Jay and Wayne Spooner are on the call. We'll get to your reactions in a second, but we've got a very special guest joining us as he busts out his broom from Celtics Corner, Jags, <laughs> a.k.a. Jags to Riches. Jags, welcome, man. How you doing? Oh, man, doing fantastic, gentlemen. As you stated, how could we not be? I am absolutely in disbelief. How about word of the day, incredulous, and it's an honor to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, No worries, man. We're so happy to have you. Jay and Spoons, of course. Can we talk about the resolve of this team? Jason Tatum, he fouls out with about three and a half minutes remaining. Celtics clinging to a lead. Jay, I can see you're bursting at the seams there. We'll start with you and then we'll go around the room. Talk us through this one. Like, what did you see from the guys as they close this one out? Because it was definitely, like, in a word, resolve with this team. Woo! <laughs> That's Anything the other word. is possible! <laughs> Man, I, I just, I need a minute before I talk about anything <laughs> rational. Before anything. Woo! My goodness. Get in My there. My goodness. Let's hear it. This is just like, all right. Right. I, I can't think rationally in this moment, but what I can do is recognize what we've been what we've been like quietly acknowledging, but trying not to jinx it because we're all super either like kind of traumatized or really superstitious, Insane. whatever it may be. But like we are seeing <laughs> some special stuff. Yeah. I'm, I'm not even trying to be over the like I'm, I'm hype. I'm amped up for sure. Totally get it. But I'm not even trying to be over the top. There's something special happening with this group. There's something special about, listen, Ime Udoka, if nothing else, is is really demonstrating a masterclass, like, screw coaching, just, just leadership. Like, we talk leadership, you can see it in the way that he interacts with these players throughout the game, and then you can see it in the way that they interact with each other during the game, because he sets that tone. 
And we're watching that in the body language, in the way that they're communicating on the floor, in the way that they're communicating with him, in the way they're not even playing games with the other team. It's, it is hard not to just be completely just turn into a giant goosebump over this stuff. Like I am losing it. I've lost all composure. Spoons, help, bring some rationality to this because I've right. lost my mind. All right, I, I got you. Uh, so <laughs> what I will say is, how many times did the Nets go on a run and get within one, get within three, tied the game a couple times, and it felt like every single time that happened, like six possessions later, it was back up to ten. And that's just. I texted one of my buddies, and I'm like. Is this what it feels like to be the better team? Like, right? This is what we used to feel last year. We're like, oh, we go on a run and get it within three against the next, and then you blank it, it's 15 points. Yeah. And every single time throughout this entire series, they just would put it together, put a run together when they needed it the most, and there was no bigger time than in the fourth quarter without Tatum to close this game. And they slayed the demons, man, the crunch time demons. Like the best thing we could have done is win four close games and completely crush any concerns I had about closing in crunch time, which is the biggest concern I had. I don't know about you all. Yeah, Jags, how are you feeling like going down the stretch in this game, especially once Tatum fouled out? Is the confidence wavering for you at that point or how are you feeling going down the stretch of this game? Yeah, I would lie. I'd be a liar, Ben, if I didn't have a little bit of anxiety in me when Tatum (laughs) went down, especially, you know, when we're (laughs) involved with a gentleman by the name of Scott Foster. Um, Uh When when you start seeing it happen, playing out in front of your eyes, it's like, oh, my goodness, all the rumors are true. But um, that team, the resolve, I mean, I feel like the Boston Celtics have just continued to answer question after question for me. Every time I continue to doubt, they continue to make me believe And like you all, I mean, Wayne, you stated it perfectly. The big, you know, kickback was they don't score when it matters. They're not clutch. They just beat the Brooklyn Nets with two of the, I mean, arguably the best player in the world, two of the top in the world. And every single game was by seven points or less in a sweep. If that's not clutch, you tell me what is. I mean, that's at the top of the page, right? In terms of what is clutch, it's these four games against the, the Brooklyn Nets. Like, tell me if I'm if I'm out of line here, bringing up the refereeing too early. Spoons, I, I felt like like I'm never one to complain about the There's refs. There's a reason but- he went to you first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I actually truly hate complaining about the refs, but when you have the, it's a joke amongst the NBA that like, oh, if the NBA wants a certain result, they put Scott Foster on the game. Like, it's so widely known. People literally joke about it. And like Jags just said, that helplessness feeling when it's like, oh, but he fucking called that, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just like infuriating. That box now foul? Come on. <laughs> on, on what the Al, fuck dude? was that? What was? I don't know. What about the Tatum <laughs> one? Tatum sixth foul. Andrade? The Tatum seven. foul out. Insane. Yeah, the Tatum foul. He got fouled. Dragic's like pulling him, <laughs> Pulled down, him down. And it's like, Yeah. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous, and I, it's just so infuriating because you can't do anything about it. Everybody knows it's bullshit. The Nets know it's bullshit. The Celtics know it's bullshit. Scott Foster knows it's bullshit, but you can't stop it, and it happens, but they won anyway. That's the crazy part. Charles Barkley even said it was bullshit. Right what, at the end of the game, of re- first rebound. thing Barkley goes on about, he goes, listen, guys, this is the worst <laughs> ref game I've ever seen. <laughs> 
what? Bridge. <laughs> uh, that's great. Yeah, ben, uh, I got to throw a question to you real quick, Ben. I got to throw a question to you because we've talked leading into this and, and your biggest concern was completely valid wondering about those clutch situations. And what were those final few minutes like for you? Because not only was it like the most like clutch scenario, but then they even, right. They, they yanked Tatum out of that. Like, like where were you at in that moment, man? It's hell. I can only equate it to like <laughs> surgery without anesthesia. Like it's just pure oh. pain and suffering, but you know, we get through these things, right. And it makes us stronger. I, I might live five less years overall, but, uh, <laughs> I'm happy right now, so YOLO, I guess. I don't know. What, what about Damn you, Jax? Right. Uh, I, I mean, look, I seen somebody tweet out that it was it took several years off their life. I, I mean, I would probably <laughs> double that. Um, I, this entire <laughs> series, I mean, let's we go back to game one. It was we made one more play than them via layup, the last possession. I yeah. mean, this entire series has been absolutely stressful, and the stress continues because I don't know if you all seen and. I'm not trying to get too ahead here, Ben, but I've seen something about Jalen and a possible tweet Tammy he was saying. Yeah. I, I don't know if you've seen anything about that, but um, have you heard about that in thoughts? I did. Well, he had, a, I guess, a response to Abby Chin in the post-game interview where he said, I think I'm okay. I'm going to go get checked out, but I, I feel okay. And that's all we know. But obviously, the concern there is the history with the hamstring. And, and we've seen even just this year, the last couple of years, like players with hamstring in, injuries get hamstrung, <laughs> for lack of a better term. So yeah, hopefully man, that's like, not the case for, for Jalen Brown. Well, and all the better to have this series wrapped up as quickly as we can and give them as much yep. time as they can get. And then just kind of hope that, I mean, I don't know if anyone's seen sort of the, the update on the score for the other game there. No, so Philly, the Raps, yeah, Philly and Raps Philly. are going right now. Yeah, I guess the promising thing there is that for all of our potential future opponents, their own opponents in these current series are at least taking one game off of them. So I know you can get into yeah. the whole like rest versus rust thing, but if there's a hamstring thing for Jalen Brown, if there, I mean, there's clearly a rust thing for, for Rob Williams, and maybe we can get into that now, uh, maybe some additional rest uh, helps there. Before we move off the clutch discussion, I just want to say... Do you know which team is number one in net rating in the clutch in these playoffs? Uh, I can now. make a guess. It's the Boston Celtics. <laughs> Jags got it. When it counts. When it counts. That's right. So we we are have a plus sixty point two net rating in the clutch. Philly is second at plus twenty eight point five. So we are three times as good as the next, or twice as good wow. as the next team in the clutch in these playoffs so far. So I just want to put the cherry on top of that discussion they're just sticking to that grind man they're just staying consistent from from end to end on it and like i got nervous just to put the final button from my perspective on the refing thing too uh i know we're kind of going a little all over the place we we can rein it in a bit but like did anyone else have that terrible feeling at the beginning of the game when they started calling all those fouls that kind of went our way like, oh, here we go. All right, so here they are making their case. Like, when they look at the numbers at the end of this, they'll be like, oh, you know, equal calls. And it's like, no, no, no. You can't front end this shit and then go pull that junk and call call fouls for someone boxing out. It, listen, I I understand sometimes the way these guys battle in the paint, right? That that one, it sticks with me because it, it triggers me. As, as someone that played ball and made their living boxing out, that's all my, my wide body self could do (laughs) and it's like you're taught to do that a very particular way and horford it was textbook i I just i I, I, there's no rational reason for that to be called if you're going to call anything it's over the back 
What yeah. is over the back? The if not exactly. One, right? oh, yeah. What what was yeah, happening right. there? Uh, so like it was just it, it seemed far too like like Spoons was saying it's it's almost just a joke now that they were just front loading all these calls for Boston to be like hurry and at the end try to try to play whatever songs and whistles they can to you know make Kyrie and Katie look like you know heroes. Didn't work out though. Instead of bums, that's all right. Yeah, he's like, no, nah, we're good. <laughs> So I don't really have a run sheet for this podcast. I sat with my notes app open and just with my hands were shaking and I, I didn't achieve anything. But I think we should do an around the room on critical junctures within this game. And I think the best one to start with, um, Jags, I'm, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this, is Jason Tatum gets his fifth foul, I want to say, with eight minutes to go, eight minutes and 14 seconds. And Eme pulls him. And in our Slack, as this was going on, there was some back and forth as to whether or not that was the right call for Ime Adoka. Do you, do you agree with Ime pulling Jason Tatum out at that juncture within the game? Oh my goodness, Ben. I don't know. This is a tough one, right? I feel like in the <laughs> moment, you it makes sense to immediately pull him out just to, um, you know, but then as I continue to sit here and think about it, for some reason, I'm kind of going against that. I guess you pull him out just in order to save face, but I mean, that strategy blew up and they immediately go back on a run and get back in within it. It's every time he goes to the bench, the game would start to creep back in to the Nets' favor. So I don't know. It's a great question. What was y'all's thoughts? I'm curious. I, I don't think there's any right answer. I think Scott Foster is going to get him his sixth foul no matter what within True. a couple more minutes of gameplay. So uh, I, I see the logic in taking him out and inserting him back in when you need him in those last four or five minutes. Absolutely. And I can totally see the argument for leaving him in. I probably would have yanked him and did what Udoka did just because I'm very conservative with stuff like that. And, you know, the, as the clock ticks down, the minutes just get more high leverage. So if you can guarantee he's in there um, from five minutes to 248, which is what he got, ended up playing after that fifth foul. <laughs> Uh, at least you get him then instead of him picking it up with seven and a half minutes left or something like that. Jay, what do you think? And I think there's there's a dynamic to that too where you take him out because by taking him out, well, rather play it the other way. You don't take him out. The very next play, Durant's going to go right back at him. And, and, and they'll just run screens until they get Tatum back on him because they're, they're just going to work that, right? And so you take him out if for no other reason, in my opinion, then to keep the Nets from being able to come right back down, get him his next like in sequence and have that be part of their momentum and their confidence building, right? Because then it's like now they're just enforcing their will on us. And it seemed to me like Ime's, he just doesn't play that shit. <laughs> like Ime, no. he just doesn't play that. He will not let you like punk him. He just, it won't happen. And so he says, nope, if, he, if Tatum's going out, He's going out on our terms, <laughs> you know what I mean? And if we can get one more big bucket out of him before he ends up out, we'll put him in a, a situation like, and it is, it's just crummy that then like the first time he goes to attack, they call some junk, but it, I think it speaks to what would have happened otherwise. And I think sure. had he fouled out playing defense with KD attacking after that last play, I think that really could have turned that momentum in a True. dangerous direction. And so I think if for no other reason, just to kind of curb that momentum piece, I, I I supported that decision. Yeah, I think I agree. Jags, are there any other sort of critical junctures, especially in the fourth quarter in this game, that sort of stood out to you as like a turning point or a, a moment where, you know, it was clear to you that the Celtics had won the game or anything like that? 
I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm one of those people that until the clock strikes double zero, I'm never kind of out of it. And I'll say when Al Horford right hit in. that, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> when Al Horford hit that putback layup, you know that Marcus Smart hit. That was incredible. You want to talk about critical moments? How about giving up a 15-point lead in the third quarter? Or, I mean, having a 15-point lead in the third quarter, going into the fourth with a 12-point lead and slowly letting that, you know, slip away. Um, But, yeah, I mean, like I said, I I really was not comfortable. I mean, this was one of those games where it would nine-point lead. They'd bring it back to a two- to three-point lead. Then we'd go on a little bit of a run. Tatum fouling out. Al Horford getting that ice. Probably two of the big pivotal moments for me in the fourth. I've got got a quick question. Um, and, and, and spoons, maybe you caught this. I, I didn't, I didn't quite follow at some point in the third quarter, Pritchard's in the game and it, I think we'd just like come back from a timeout. And the very first thing that happens is Pritchard goes and, and fouls Claxton to get him on the line. Can you give me the context for that? Because that there, I want to, I want to explore that a bit, but I, I kind of need to understand what was happening there. It's just hack a Claxton, get him to the line because he but was why, like, oh, why in that eight. moment? Any thought on why? Uh, they were in the bonus, and I think if it's within the final two minutes of the quarter, you can't. I I can't remember what the rule is, but oh, yeah. So um, if they if they had done it any later, they would have given free throws, and they would have still had the ball. Then it kept possession. Yeah. I, yeah, I honestly can't remember the rule right now, but I okay. believe that's what it is. Something so, along those uh, lines. Because yeah, that so, was a moment for me that stood out because that's when it seemed like it was like the first time I saw Yudoka do something that didn't lead to us going on a run. It kind of ended up being the other way around. Like, and we ended up closing out the quarter. Okay. Um, but it did seem to just give some kind of juice because Claxton got one of them to go down. So he started feeling away and granted I th- it's the only one he hit. So, I mean, like kudos uh, out of 11. So Crab went but wild. <laughs> there did seem to be a little bit of a turn of the Big tide smile. there. I started getting nervous. I'm like, whoa, is he trying to overthink this thing now? Like, is he is he overcoaching? But like he but listen, I'm not gonna get in any in, in any state of mind where I'm gonna start questioning this dude because he has done nothing throughout this entire year other than prove he knows what the hell he's doing and everyone just needs to get out of his way. You know how they usually say, give your superstar the ball, get out of the way? Give Emilio Duka superstars and get out of his way. Is basically the that's that's the new that's the hashtag for this right now. Like, Give him the it's, great. it's nice to see a coach get some shine like that. You know that I don't think it's been such a superstar driven league for a while now. And you know we've had some coaches come up and you know like uh, uh, Steve Kerr's gotten a lot of shine in, in Golden State. I know uh, Spolstra gets a lot of shine in Miami, um, and and Brad did too to a certain extent. But there's there's something about this guy's swag that like he is going to be. I, he's he's a guy that's going to be the guy for a while. I, I just I'm calling it now. Ime is going to be around for a long as long as he wants, and he's going to be winning some basketball games. Yeah, and his ATO playbook as is just as if not more impressive than Brad Stevens. I mean, you can imagine there's probably some well, like peer reviewing, peer sharing going on there. But I'm sure, uh, like, I'm sure they had some it. working lunches. <laughs> I'm sure, but I mean, for, for Udoka to take it and run with it, like that's Brad Stevens been talking about. Like to say that you could just yeah. like carry on from where he left off is is pretty huge. But he's totally doing that. When a candidate like Ime is looking for a, for a job opportunity, right, and and looking for like what makes the most sense for him and, and doing what it is that he wants to be able to do, how many open like positions are there in the league where you can take such a, a stable roster that's been so well coached 
Like usually a new coach is going into a space where like the previous coach, just like the floor bottomed out, you know, like, yeah, like the car's broken down and you have to come in and you got to like hot, hot wire that thing back together. Like he got to come in and like things were okay. Like, like media and everyone's talking all this junk, like things aren't great or whatever, but there really wasn't any conflict to have to deal with. Like it was a bunch of young guys that did need to take that next step maturity wise, but Man, can amazing circumstances for an organization and a franchise that it, for the last couple of decades has not always felt like it's gotten the benefit of good circumstances. Yeah. Do you remember the first pod you and I did, Jay? Your first pod with the Celtics Better Podcast. <laughs> we talked about Ime Adoka. You know, maybe he's not the right guy. He doesn't have much of a personality. Oh, <laughs> and I own that. <laughs> so I was I. way off base. We were wrong. I was, I was uh, in the Darvinham corner. Mostly just because he has a cool name, but uh, I was wrong and we as well. Have I heard from Sam Cassell like all yeah. season? Like he just <laughs> he disappeared. I want to just get to some news out of the Brooklyn Nets front office. Uh, ben Simmons is expected to be available for Game Five on Wednesday, according to the Perfect. Brooklyn Nets. So that's great. Uh, we can look forward to that. Before we move on to like, obviously we've got a, another round of playoff basketball that we need to start considering. Before that, I'm interested to hear spoons in particular. Any other junctures within this game that sort of stood out to you as as turning points? Right off the rip in the first quarter, Yudoka uh, Tatum racked up a foul for basically moving his feet on defense, and he immediately put Jalen Brown on Kevin Durant. He was he. It's almost like he coached around the refing. Mm-hmm. He's like, "All right, I know where this is going to go. Go get him, JB." And you saw Grant Williams on Durant for large wow. swaths of this game. Which he did a fantastic job. We've got to talk about Grant. But yeah, and he, he did such a wonderful do- job in every way guarding um, Durant. But it's just one of those things where, like, he just knew Tatum's going to get a bunch of fouls. I can't have him guard Durant, even though that's a huge disadvantage because Tatum has been in amazing on Durant. Like, I've never seen anyone guard him like Tatum has. So. I thought that was a really savvy move early in the game to just make sure you get as many minutes out of Jason Tatum as you possibly can. And I thought there was a play, I think it was a three-point game with like 35 seconds left. And Smart almost picked Durant's pocket in the backcourt, and that ticked the time down below 24 seconds so he could just take the foul and give them two shots and never let them get a three off. So that like, won the game in my opinion and it was all because he didn't let he he made Durant waste you know seven eight seconds just dribbling the ball into the front court mm-hmm. it's like who does that shit Marcus Smart that's yeah, it that's <laughs> player of the I year. thought those were two kind of like bookends of just great like catches. we're just a better team because we do this stuff on the margins that matters so damn much but you know one if you take one event it doesn't really mean that much but when you're doing it every time and the other team is not then it adds up to a sweep even though they have katie and Kyrie. yeah yeah absolutely and marcus smart is the biggest no no yes player maybe in celtics (laughs) history and that foul was a no no yes before because you had to look at the (laughs) we had to look at the clock as the foul was committed and be like oh okay no that's actually a good foul as opposed to what are you doing which is where my mind sort of drifted in the moment uh, a couple of other standout plays. So fourth quarter started with Tatum on the bench. Nets went on a little run. Tatum comes back in, 
gets a dunk immediately, I think, in, in transition off a, a Nets turnover, and then gets uh, just like an ISO three uh, on the next offensive possession. Sort of immediately reestablishes himself in the game as the alpha, which is still crazy to say with Durant and Kyrie present in this series that Tatum is is consistently doing that, and he did that, you know, in multiple occasions tonight. Uh, and then, of course, he picked up his foul with eight seventeen remaining and, and went to the bench. The other big Tatum moment or juncture was at the end of the second quarter. Tatum is posting up on Patty Mills. I think it might have been Jay Little Marcus who got the sort of nifty entry pass into to Tatum. And Tatum is just so patient and the clock is ticking down to zero and he waits for that help just to drift a little bit away from Grant Williams, kicks the pass to Grant Williams who knocks down the three, almost a buzzer beater to end the second quarter there. And we end up, you know, going into halftime up eight instead of five or something like that after a little bit of a, a late uh, Brooklyn rally there. So Tatum just like, he's 24. He's just picking these guys apart. There's actually a Reddit comment on that from... Chinese Fox 97, who said Tatum and Brown get their third sweep in the first round. They are 25 and 24 years old, respectively, which is wow. absolutely insane. We'll go around the room one more time. It, as Jags, Jags pats the Tatum jersey <laughs> in the background. Nice. We'll go around the room one more time. Jags, we'll start with you. I, mostly because I just want to hang on this moment for as long as possible. From the game or from the series overall, is there anything else in particular that's sort of noteworthy or, or stand out for you? I mean, I, I think um, we started to get on him, but we didn't give him enough flowers. Uh, Grant Williams, let's talk about him for a second. Huge. The yeah, fact yeah. that throughout the entirety of the series, he's averaging over, what, 50% from three. He's averaging double <laughs> digits. And that's just on the offensive end. What this gentleman yeah. has done and just this, the system and the schematics behind the defense when it's not even what they're doing on the ball. It's when KD was off ball, just watching with Grant and Al shading to, I mean, just making this man's life hell. It was just, the defense was baffling. It was stifling. It was incredible. I mean, Peyton Pritchard, I mean, when you talk about some of his flash and some of his moments, I mean, it's, I, I mean, we could do this all night, man. We never have to move on. I have brooms galore all around me. I'm ready to talk about this as long as you want, buddy. Let's it's, go. It's 1 p.m. here, so I, I've got all day. I'm good. I mean, I think that's yeah. a great point and probably was like one of the big question marks for the Celtics was like, how are these role players going to step up? And they were awesome. Grant was incredible. PP, he did exactly what you want out of that spot, which yep. is like, Go win us four minutes, you know, just like shoot red hot for four minutes. Then we'll take you out. That's all we need from you. And it was just really impressive. Like all the role guys, except maybe kind of Derek White, who was fine. He didn't kill us or anything, Mm -hmm. but he wasn't like a huge plus. But I mean, they were all great. Like they won us games and that's what you need on your way to a championship. Especially game three. Game three by itself, yeah. you could say it was the other guys that won that, all their performances. <laughs> right. But Derek White, I mean, come on. that's Everyone likes to say that's my Doppler. I haven't seen him either recently, guys. I mean, we need a little <laughs> bit more from him making $16 million. <laughs> We finally yeah. get a Celtics player on hey. the podcast. <laughs> I know, <laughs> <about> right? <laughs> Doesn't like the, the winning layup, the pirouette layup in game one, isn't that sort of magnified now that it's a sweep, that that happened, that we won that game in that fashion? Now, more than any time, except for maybe right then when it actually happened, it's, it's like now more incredible than ever because, you know, you look at the series completely differently. If the Nets go up 1-0 in that situation with Kyrie sort of backbreaking the Celtics crowd in Boston at that True. time, instead, you know, we steal that game. I've said on, on the Celtics Corner stream, I said it on, on one of our podcasts subsequently that that was as close to a draw as possible with the Celtics still winning the game. The fact that we pull that one out, 
We win the next three in a row. Going back to the word we used at the top of the podcast, it's all about resolve. And based on how the season started and how these guys are playing now, it's absolutely incredible. And you've got to feel good uh, going into this upcoming round, you know, presumably against the Bucks, um, and then hopefully progressing further into the postseason. My wife dangled the carrot the other day that if the Celtics make the finals, <laughs> I can leave my wife and my two-year-old daughter behind and go to Boston and watch a couple of oh. games. Assuming I can get tickets, which I probably can't. So I'm very, very, very interested and invested in how the rest of this uh, postseason goes for the Celtics. Before we move on, a couple more Reddit comments here. So from LW2K, Celtics without JB, sorry, the 2021 Celtics without JB and Kemba lose 4-1 to to the Nets. The 2022 Nets with KD and Kyrie get swept. Just an amazing turn of events, only one year away from, you know, that unfortunate postseason. I want to sort of end the, I guess, the game or the series discussion on this post from user Vanique, who said, explain to me how the Nets were so bad in this series. And they go on to write, regardless of how well we've played, how does a team with two of the best players in the NBA, a Curry and a bench filled with veteran all-star pedigree, Griffin, Dragic, Aldridge, etc., get swept in the first round of the playoffs? Is it culture? Is it bad coaching? Is it individual personalities? Jay, let's get you started off on this one. You know, I, I guess you were probably the least worried going into the series of, of all of us sort of in, in the Celtics Definitely. fan community. <laughs> so uh, as I think about it out loud, maybe you're the worst person to ask this first, but I'm curious <laughs> to get your take on it. <laughs> Listen, like, please. More often than not, that's, that's always going to be true. <laughs> <laughs> um, I disagree. That I'll be the worst Please. person to ask just about anything. But for me, it, you know, because so much of, of, of what I sort of understand and perceive when I watch the game, separate from a lot of folks who I think see the analytical, the, the logistics of the game a lot better and, and more naturally than I do. You know, for me, everything comes down to a lot of the psychology around it. Like that's what's fascinating to me. Like the the storylines that that fuel each of these players, each of these men that play this game and and seek to compete at the highest possible level. And so, when I see a team that's led by two people that have spent their entire careers avoiding that level of responsibility and personal accountability, it's hard for me to fear that. And and last season. I know that, you know, we got our bell rung by these guys, but, you know, for, for all the, the joking that some folks have done on social media about like, you know, this is the same team that LeBron housed a few years ago. It's like, no, it's not. This is the, T- LeBron does not want this version of Tatum. He absolutely, LeBron got dunked on by this rookie version of Tatum and left the conference. All right. <laughs> like at the end of that game, he had a little, remember, he had a little like, you know, hugging conversation with Tatum. He was like, dude, I'm getting the fuck out of here. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm not, I'm not dealing exactly with your ass for, for the next <laughs> handful of years. Listen, you get to the finals and, and maybe I'll try to meet you there and we'll deal with it then. But I don't, I don't want none of this. Uh, meanwhile, you know, yeah, Kyrie, he tried to be Superman or Batman or what the hell ever he was trying to be when he got out from underneath LeBron's shadow. And we saw firsthand what he does with that level of responsibility on his shoulders and that he will, he will skirt it and then like buckshot it out at everybody else. Um, He's not a guy that brings people together. And I don't know that it's even his intention to not do that, but I just think for, you know, it's just part of 
how he relates to the world and the people around him. He's just not one of those folks that seems to bring people together. He, you know, he seems to expose those cracks more than anything. Again, I don't think it's intentional. I just think it's part of like what he is or who he is. KD, he like, you're never going to, you're just never going to get the, the, the flowers that you want when you go and join the team that just puts you out. Right. And, and that, ha- you know, that team already had the, the winningest season ever. You're just not going to get flowers for winning with that squad going and running over there. And then you want to come over to New Jersey and try to be that guy now. Their best shot to get that was last season. And so when they fell apart last season, like, right. Bring, bring them in that, bring them back, bring them on back. I'm happy. I'm happy with it. And so it was all pretty, from my perspective, it felt predictable. I mean, listen, you still can't, like just disrespect those guys because they can still ball as as good as anybody in the damn league. Getting swept doesn't take away the fact that those two guys are legitimate basketball players that play at the highest possible in level. Um, but y- y- two great players are not going to beat a great team. It's just not going to happen. And I and mean, basketball has demonstrated that throughout all of the decades. They won no games. No games. Like, yeah, they claim they came close to winning <laughs> one, but that's just I just can't believe it. So if you know, looking at this Reddit post, if I'm a new NBA fan, even myself to some degree, I, I still can't believe it. Jags, like what what's your take? Like how how were the Nets so bad in, in this series? Yeah, I, I'm with you, man. It it was a little disbel you remember uh, when we had you on it, you we had already won a game and we were still hesitant to say Celtics in five. Like we still yeah. kind of, it is, it's two of the top and arguably coming into the season, the best in the world in KD, I would say, you know, top two with Giannis. But I mean, for me, this Brooklyn team, it's just, it was a soap opera this entire year. It kind of reminded me of our last year with Kyrie. It's just, I mean, he <laughs> played what, 29 games. He was a part-time player. Then it's James Harden. I mean, I bet they would like to have him in this series. Then you get rid of him, and then it's like you get Ben Simmons and all these new pieces, and then KD misses the entire month of February, half of January. But then still, this these guys were hot coming in. Like, let's not forget, KD was averaging 32, 8, and 8, shooting 42% coming into this over the last 20 games he played. Yeah. Kyrie, 36 and 6, shooting over 40%. But again, Jay said it perfectly, two amazing guys cannot beat an incredible team and that's what we took those two gentlemen out to the point where bruce brown was their leading field goal attempt in one of these games (laughs) i mean that is how we beat this team the boston celtics i'm like i said they've continued to answer every question i've had and i'm to the point where i'm not doubting them at all moving forward i'm not giving anyone else respect it's about this team for sure sounds like i'm heading to boston pretty soon spoons anything to add to that (laughs) Definitely. <laughs> I was uh, very nervous going in, but once we won game one, once I got to see it play out, I was supremely confident. I thought it was going to be a seven game series. Then once I saw that game, I was like, oh, Celtics in five. And it's mainly because the Celtics do not have any weak points on defense. In the Nets, what they try to do, they do not run an offense. They go matchup hunting. And if you go matchup hunting against this Celtics team, you're not going to get a good shot. So you're asking a team to basically take some of the worst, lowest percentage of shot, shots in basketball, basically all contested mid-range. That's like, was they, that was like 50% of their shot mix in this series. Yep. That's an insane number. It's the worst <laughs> shot in basketball. And we're making, trying to like 
you're going to win a seven game series doing that against the best defensive yeah. basketball. That's how you get swept. Maybe that's <laughs> how your ass gets swept. And like, do we have a high powered, incredible offense? <laughs> I mean, we can. We didn't even shoot the ball well this entire series. Did we crack 40% from three tonight in a single we did. game? Nope. I don't. Oh, but we did tonight. Wow. Okay. Yeah, we did tonight. <laughs> it's quick to dismiss that. Right, so right at 40%. Right at 40%. Okay. Wow. So we. Yeah, so we had one game where we sh- were, like, hot from three, and that's not even, like, hot, hot. You know what I mean? It's not like we were 50% from three, which we're capable of doing. So I didn't even think we played that well offensively, and we still swept their ass because you just cannot attack the Celtics in that way. It's not going to work, and that's why they're built for playoff basketball because lots of times that's what playoff basketball devolves into. You know, on the other side, take your pick, Jalen. Goran Dragic, I go at him, Patty Mills, Blake Griffin's corpse, whatever you want, man. Jalen had an all-you-can-eat buffet because, like, Tatum's got Duran on him, who's their one-plus wing defender, and Jalen's like, all right, man, and he crushed him every fourth quarter. He was every, you know, he scored, like, all of our points. He was like, I think he was, at one point, the leading fourth-quarter scorer in the playoffs. I mean, we're just a much, much better team, and... That's why their asses got swept, even though they have KD and Kyrie. Yeah, and it looks like... Back to Jay's point. It looks like KD agreed with that, just scrolling through Twitter again, like KD's post-game comments was basically like they were just clearly the better team, which is like not a hot take. <laughs> you just got swept <laughs> in the playoffs, mate, so... Yeah, no, they're way <laughs> better than the better team. Um, Before we get to the Bucks, which we can safely, I think, talk about now, a quick note here from ESPN Stats and Info. The Celtics swept the Nets with a margin of victory of plus 4.5. That's the third smallest margin of victory in a four-game sweep in NBA history, just behind the Cavaliers' 2017 first round plus 4.0 and the Warriors' 1975 finals with plus 4.0. So, uh, Jay, I'm going back to your initial point. Like, I'm going to excuse myself for my sort of frequent heart attacks throughout the series because it was close. <laughs> it was a sweep, but it was like literally one of the closest sweeps of all time. No, they, they yeah, yeah and they put they put you through it, Ben. They put you through it. Yeah. Fuck that stat, though. <laughs> like, <laughs> last, last game, the, okay, I I think That's it was game three. Guy. <laughs> it was it was garbage time. Yeah. That game was over. We were up fifteen with like forty five seconds left, and they hit three bullshit threes. Yeah. Like, okay, so now it's. I mean, yeah, it was a close series. Was it like a historically close series? Absolutely not. I mean, they're just like, okay, Seth Curry cut our deficit by nine points in garbage time. Two seconds left. Yeah, like who gives a shit? That's not not a thing. Did you ever, like we were in control that entire game. Clearly the better team. Felt the same way about this game until Tatum fouled out as well. Like we were just obviously better than this team. So fuck that stat. Uh, Sorry, I agree. Amen. Fuck that stat. In hindsight, at the time, that stat was fucking me, big time in my in my mind <laughs> yeah, hole. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. just quickly, we will move on to the Bucks in a second. Of course, we'll be back in a couple of days, and we'll do it like a pause, sort of more holistically on the series once our emotions have settled a little bit, and once you know the dust has settled. Any other notes you had that you brought to this pod that you haven't had a chance to fire off yet? Like, for example, I have that Bruce Brown was not a factor defensively on Tatum, particularly in the third quarter, especially when Tatum dream shook him and scored on his ass so oh, easily. Um, and like everyone on Twitter was like, like I, I don't know how to say it probably like, but Jakeem 
Tatum Luajuan or like whatever. <laughs> However, you can sneak Tatum's name into Hakeem Luajuan. Everyone was doing it at the time. What else do you guys have? Just going through, like I, I, I really enjoyed looking at this box score because one of the things that it, it really, I think, brings to light is again speaks to just the performance of the players. But again, I also think it speaks to just. Ime's game planning for this whole series because we've seen really intentional decisions that have been made in the way that we cover, you know, Kyrie and especially KD, you know, putting all those bodies. Uh, Jags brought up, you know, really the the hallmark of this series has just been the bodies that KD has had to run through just to get the damn ball. Um, you know, KD had a great night tonight from from the way it looks, right? Like he got 39 points, he got nine assists, he got seven rebounds. Uh, got a steal, 10 for 11 free throws, but three for 11 from three, right? 13 for 31 from the field. This guy, I mean, so 27% from three, getting plenty of looks. And for as many points as he was putting in, like he still was not an efficient KD. He was like, that was, he had to earn every single bucket. And that's been like my whole hashtag this whole series is just wear their ass out uh, and have them gas by the time you get to those crunch time moments, because, right, we just trust our whole team more than they can trust anyone but those two guys. Bruce Brown, two points tonight, right? Um, uh, Kyrie, only 13 shots for Kyrie. So listen, Kyrie, you don't. I'm going to go and I'm going to be a little bit of just like, you know, hyperbole fan here, but you don't get to call yourself a fucking superstar (laughs) and take 13 shots. Yes. In, 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 in the, in the, in an elimination game, you're getting punked by your former team and you're going to go back to Boston shots. You're going to go back to Boston shots. Holy crap. You got to be kidding me. He ended up with 20 points. And he was shooting pretty well. He was two from three, two for three from the three point line. It, it just he listen, that's just coward shit. That's a dude that don't want to go to Boston. That's what that is. Yeah. Like, listen, I don't like Kyrie. I don't want them to win. But Kyrie is better than that. <laughs> and all that does is remind me of his bullshit against yeah. Milwaukee, his last season with us. That's all. Only this time he just didn't even want to shoot it. He's like, nah, because last time then they just called me a bad shooter or said I couldn't, you know, so I'm not going to do that. I'll have a good percentage. I'm just going to take a bunch of shots. I'll just, I'll force feed KD, let him try to, you know, let him be daddy for a while. And I'm just going to hang back and and wish that it was LeBron. Like, just bullshit, man. Like, go out there blazing, you know, little fancy layup at the end, like trying to make it look good. And ESPN or, or rather TNT is on their fucking shit talking, oh, what an amazing take to the basket. Yeah, one of his 13. One of his and 13 Tatum had 5,000 at that time. Holy cow. Yeah, that's right. Right. Yep. Marcus smart took more shots than this man. Marcus, Marcus smart matched him for points. Marcus smart. He, he, he went above him Marcus for assists. Ball. Future like, all-star Marcus, like Marcus smart. smart punked KD <laughs> or can uh, Kyrie. Kyrie punked yeah. Kyrie. That too, the better point guard in this game was Marcus smart. And it's, it's not even debatable the series. Kyrie, yeah, series, you got a contract sure. coming up, homie. You're trying to get paid again, right? You ain't getting superstar bucks with 13 shots. I'm sorry. That's so what I got from this is is Ime said we're simply gonna force these superstars in this game at this point to beat us. Your superstars are gonna have to beat us because we're not gonna let Bruce Brown, 
beat us. We're not going to let Claxton beat us, right? Listen, you want Claxton in the game? Sure. Only play d- drum in four minutes. We're just going to put him on the free throw line, and you're going to have to live with that. So then they got to p- bring in Blake and the corpse of Blake. But the corpse of Blake was the only plus player on the freaking team tonight. He looked that great, dude's a plus he? 10. Everyone else is negatives all down the board. <laughs> so his corpse is the only one being a positive factor out there tonight. Says and he a didn't lot. score any points, for Christ's sakes. Still cannibalized overall in, in the last two games. All right, so there. I, I got it all out of my system. I had to get that out. Thank you. Thank you. Ugh. Jags, spoons, any sort of final you know, takes in the chamber, uh, as it were, before we move on? I'll say real quick, Spoon, if... Um, not to mention off of uh, what Jay was saying about Kyrie, let's not forget about his performance tonight was also coming off of the heels of, what, a 10-point and a 16-point performance. He's disappeared in yeah. the middle of this playoff. I'll argue that Smart was the better point guard throughout the entirety of this series, and that's, I mean, hey, agreed. I, I mean, so Kyrie, he's what? He's looking for an extension this se- off offseason? He can extend? Yep. Oh man, I think <laughs> he might he's a player option. He might, have, he might be gone. Like, we'll he talk, might be he for real. I'm from Brooklyn. He's out. 29 games <laughs> this year, and then he played like he did in the playoffs. Um, my only other point, I'll, I'd like to also shout out Jalen Brown, Mr. Consistency throughout the entirety of the series. If you really oh, look yeah. at his stats, and good call out. It was 22 points, 23 points, 22, 23, and then with exception to tonight's game, I know coming into tonight's game, every single I'm talking. It was field goal attempts, makes, rebounds, assist. Everything was within one to two points, or excuse me, one to two of the total of each other, as in yeah. five, you know, six assists each night, nine, nine, That's nine wild. on field goals. I mean, it was, it was insane how consistent he was in addition to how dominant in the fourth quarter. Shout out to Jalen. I just one quick takeaway. Jason Tatum's fifth in the playoffs in assists per game. He's averaging 7.3 assists a game. Wow. I mean, we wanted that level up, man. That's where it needed to happen, right? In the league? Top three? Yeah, yeah. And he ain't three. (laughs) (laughs) They're they're saying he's better than KD now. I mean, what are we saying? He just sat KD's ass down. Grant Williams is better than KD. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Ben. You're, yes. See, now we can talk our shit, right? At least I I can. It's over. It's over. We can can say whatever we want. Yeah, yeah, yeah they want. This, uh, they asked for it. They asked for this. Get it out. Get the dustpan. <laughs> Came so prepared good. here, boys. Boston. Yeah. Oh so God. got Boston. They had the nerve. Very quickly <laughs> before no we idea. wrap up, let's talk about the Bucks, and we will come back and talk about this later in the week. Um, unless the Bulls, you know, come back and, and run a few games out over the Bucks. Can happening. they trade for Rondo no. real quick? Can Rondo do that that magic thing he does? So, I, I guess the starting... Well, there's two things. So, Chris Middleton, very likely, very possibly out for at least game one, yeah, possibly game sucks. two. And I guess going into the playoffs, my approach was, and, and, and Jay and Spoons, you know this, I was so terrified of the Nets that my... I guess in the back of my mind, my mindset was, if we can get through the first round, it's an honorable sort of bailout of the postseason to then lose to the Bucks. Now that we've like really just shot all over the, the nets as we have, I guess my expectations have changed and I, I expect it to be a really competitive series. And if I want to go there, that maybe the Celtics are, you know, kind of um slotted to, to win that series. Spoons, do, do you feel the same way? Are you do you have high expectations going into this one? I think it'll be a really tough series. 
Uh, I actually like how we match up with Milwaukee quite a bit. And uh, this is not the same Milwaukee team that won the championship, man. Like, Connaughton's not playing as well. He's coming off injury. They miss P.J. Tucker a lot. (laughs) They really don't have anyone to guard Tatum uh, unless they want to have Drew do it. And then who the hell's going to guard Jalen Brown, you know? So I I like how we, we match up against Milwaukee. They can't play Brooke against us because they have to play drop. So Tatum just waltzes in to pull up threes. So does Jalen. So uh, I I can't believe I'm about to say this. Say I, I expect we win this. Yes. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think we should win. I do. Jags, do you agree? I, I'll be honest. I think, Ben, you, you pretty much hit it right on the head on how I would have stated. Coming into this playoffs, I, I respected Brooklyn too much. I basically said if we got to the second round, it would be admirable. We 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 give Milwaukee, you know, a good strong six games before they would advance. Yeah, that is yep. not the case anymore. Like I said, I'm not doubting this team no more. And this is very raw. Let's be clear. I have to sit down, look at some notes, and deep dive. But right now, no. I think that not only does Boston win, I don't think it's as tough as we might initially be saying. Because I mean, there's oh. no Middleton. I'm thinking my initial reaction is Boston beats the Bucks in five or six. Oh, I yeah. think you'll is be he, in, in Boston. Right. Is, Middleton, is he right. ruled out for the whole series? I, so. uh, I don't no. think for the whole it's series. It's not confirmed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I I, I hope he's... Because here's the thing, like, you know, it, listen, it'll be what it is. Um, Obviously, I, I know none of us are, you know, I know for a fact none of us are, are those, the types of folks out there, like, wishing injuries on nobody. And, and ultimately, I always, my, I always want us to beat, like, a team fully loaded you know just like i'd want our team fully loaded to go into a series you know like we've had so many tough just combative series with milwaukee like they're probably a closer rival than any other team over the last handful of years um it's like milwaukee and philly those are the two teams that we've like really had the most conflict with over over the last like five six seasons and so you know my my hope is always like, yeah, bring your full squad. Let us bring our full squad because it's time to it's try, time to settle some debts. Um, and you know, especially Middleton because he's the freaking Celtic killer. Like that killer. dude turns into you know Jalen Brown when he plays us. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and so, you know, I'm hoping that he's able to come back and be competitive. I'm hoping that that's not the thing that you know, gets in Milwaukee's way of, of playing at their best. But even if he's not available, I've got a lot more respect for Giannis than I've got either one of the guys in, in, in oh, for, for the sure. New Jersey Nets. So I, I, I'm not sleeping on dude. And I mean, he's going to probably be the one guarding Tatum and he's probably going to give Tatum some fits. Cause like Ooh. KD has good length, but KD's not strong like that. Right. Um, and and KD doesn't take the same kind of pride on that side of the ball as Giannis does. Giannis, he like he's pissed that he's not the defensive player of the year. He doesn't understand that. And so he's gonna come into the series and be like, <laughs> watch something. He like he'll put that stink face on and he's gonna he's gonna smash a couple of dudes' heads just getting buckets and then like smash some heads, blocking some buckets. That dude is a He's a menace. He's a force to be reckoned with. He scares me. He literally does. Because he's a guy that I think there's just something about the way that man plays basketball and that he's that he's allowed to play basketball that is like Shaq-like in the way that he can just physically impose his will on a game. Now, 
I'm still feeling pretty confident because ultimately, again, I've been just blown away by Ime's ability to scheme. And it's clear that that dude has been doing work all season planning for this. Like he's known he's going to the playoffs this year. He's known that he's not satisfied with first, second round. Like that dude's coming from a pedigree where it's like, no, no, no. Y'all, where do you all want to go? You want to go here? All right, let me show you the way. And so I have every confidence he's going to come in and, and like Spoons had said, probably look to exploit Lopez early. Because if you let, if you don't take Lopez off the floor, he's a problem. Because oh, he's yeah. got mm-hmm. length and he's got strength that will be hard for Rob to body. He can shoot too. Yeah. And he can Basically. shoot. You know, so yeah, he's not going to be going around Horford or, or, or Williams, but what he will do is he will be out on that corner when Giannis crashes to that basket, all of our team collapses in on the paint, and there's Brooke. So if you're not exposing him on the other side of the court and playing him off, that's a big problem. He can be he can be a difference maker if we don't get him off the floor. So I think and I think they're better coached. I I, I think they're better coached. You know, Nash maybe Nash will figure it out down the road, but he clearly hasn't figured it out yet. I think Nash's days might be done in Brooklyn. Uh, Someone's got to be the fall guy. It's not going to be KD. It's not going to be Kyrie. Uh, You know, given the relationship between Kyrie and KD, like if if Kyrie wants to re-sign in Brooklyn, I think that's a foregone conclusion. But for this upcoming series against presumably the Bucks and the Celtics, I think from like an objective fan standpoint, watching what is clearly the best defense in the league currently and one of the best defenses all time, go up against literally like a Greek god in his prime, uh, just from an objective standpoint, is going to be a lot of fun. I'm going to suffer through it. I'm sure you guys will as well. But I would love to be an objective fan and just like yes. watch that from a basketball standpoint. And uh, remains to be seen what happens with Chris, Middle- Chris Middleton, pardon me, coming back with his injury there. Look, guys, we're over time. That is going to do it for this one. We will be back a little later in the week to debrief on this series at length and talk a little bit more about the Milwaukee Bucks. Huge, huge thanks to Jags for coming on. Jags, tell the people where they can find you. Hey, man. No, thank you all so much. I appreciate your time. It was an honor and a privilege, guys. Uh, you can find me on Celtics Corner. And also, I'm most likely going to be in the comments section of this and multiple videos right oh, yeah. here on the Celtics Reddit podcast. <laughs> Hell nice. yeah. Thank yeah, you so much yeah, for you coming guys, on, You guys are, are rocking a really awesome pregame show, man. Like, if, yeah, if you got to choose so between, much. like, the TNT, the ESPN bullshit, like... Yeah, give give Celtics corner corner a look, man. You guys are doing some cool stuff over there. I dig it. Wayne Spoonie, Celtics J, you guys are dead set legends, as we say here in Australia. Thanks as always. <laughs> Let's do it again in a couple of days. All right, folks, Woo! go and celebrate. Until next time, go Celtics. Peace. Peace.